Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So Paul had just given them what's known as a testimony. He basically said, yes, I was a bad guy. I persecuted the church beyond measure. I tried to destroy it. Yep, I did that. But Paul also said that his past life ought to be exactly why they should listen to him. Because look how the gospel changed me. He's trying to show them I'm not that guy anymore. I'm different now. That should be reason to listen to me not to ignore me or reject me. So Paul told him who he used to be. He was a persecutor of the church, how Jesus called him through his grace, and how he had been different ever since as a preacher to the Gentiles. All testimonies have three parts. Number one, who you used to be. Number two, how Jesus saved you. And number three, how you are now different. That's what I call the big one, two, three. Given people your testimony shows them the authenticity of your calling. It proves the message you're speaking because it shows how the Lord had changed you. So remember how Paul said that the gospel had not been given to him by men. So as bad of a guy as Paul was, after he was called by the Lord to go preach the gospel, he said he did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, meaning he did not ask anyone if they would commission him to go do ministry work. He did not go to the apostles in Jerusalem to ask if if they would send him out. He just went straight to Arabia and got busy preaching the gospel because the Lord himself had commissioned him to go and do it. Now, Paul was Mr. College Man. He had all the education of Judaism above and beyond everybody else, beyond his contemporaries, he said. But even with all his vast education, and this is a, a big one, guys, he was so super educated Paul still did not know the gospel message until Jesus revealed it to him. See, friends, salvation is not a matter of intelligence. It's not a matter of smarts. If that was true, if you had to be super smart to receive the the gospel, then there's a lot of people with mental disabilities that couldn't be saved. They can be saved. It's not dependent on how smart or intelligent you are. It's, it's, It's a heart issue. It's very different. You don't have to be an academic genius in order to be saved. But when people doubt your calling, all you got to do is hit them with your testimony, and then they can't argue with that once they see how Jesus has changed your life. 
Let me give you a little bit about my own testimony. I used to be a bad guy, too. I kind of relate with what Paul said. <laughs> I wanted money more than I wanted God. I had my college education, too. I, I, was, I had a degree, so I was not dumb. I was just blind. And I had heard the gospel message probably a thousand times before, but I never really got it until Jesus revealed it to me one day on September 11, 2001. God called me to ministry. And now, like Paul, I preach the gospel to the Gentiles, even to any Jews that might be hearing my voice also. So also, just like they did to Paul, though, a lot of people try to accuse me with my past as the reason why they don't want to listen to the gospel message that I proclaim. And now that I have two Bible degrees in seminary, a lot of people try to label me as some kind of a Bible-thumping, brainiac know-it-all that no one can ever be as uppity-up as I am. I'm just way too high. I'm way too academically educated for them. So they either reject me because I was way too bad, or they reject me because I'm way too good. It's like I'm getting hit from both sides now. <laughs> so I can relate to how Paul felt. He had the same kind of friction. Either he persecuted the church way too bad, or he advanced in Judaism beyond his contemporaries way too good. Okay, so people had all their reasons from A to Z why we don't have to listen to you, but insert the big one, two, three. Me and Paul can both hit people with our testimony. We can talk about how Jesus saved us and changed us, and friends, people just can't argue with that. When people see how our testimony validates our message, then that swings the door wide open for Jesus to reveal the gospel message to them. Paul said, just look at us. We didn't learn this from a man. Jesus did this to us. You can't be so bad that you lose salvation, and you can't be so good to earn it. Salvation is a free gift, and it's not from people. It's straight from God. So Paul said, look at our story, and if anyone ever tries to sell you on a salvation plan, other than the one that we preach to you from God's Word, without having our own big one, two, three testimony to validate it, and if this message does not have the revelation of Jesus accompanying along with it, then let that person be accursed. Do not listen to them. Now, I've had a lot of people try to undermine me. They will go and find some nutcase on YouTube or some guy that, had, that was speaking a theology that aligned with how this somebody already believed, and they will take this guy and throw him at me. Here, here, look at this link, and look at what this guy says. And then I ask him, but do you know who this guy is? I mean, he's speaking in a way that they want to believe to undermine me. And I, do you even know who this guy is? Do you know his testimony? And I will tell these people, look, I spend personal time with you, and you know my story, yet you go and find somebody on YouTube that you don't even know the first thing about and you choose to believe that guy over me? Paul was saying kind of like this. He was like, Galatians, come on. You know me. You know what I used to do. You know what I'm doing now. You see the proof in how the Lord God changed me. Listen to the gospel that I teach you and wait for Jesus to reveal it, and then you will know that what I'm telling you is right. And so now Paul tells us what he did after his ministry work in Arabia in Galatians 
Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I wrote to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. So Paul had already done full-blown ministry for about three years. He had never been to see any of the apostles in Jerusalem before that. But then when he finally got there, he stayed with Peter only for 15 days and had a little time with James too. So Paul only got to see two of the disciples for just two weeks, and he didn't get to see all 12. Paul was saying he did not have the time to learn everything he needed to know from all the apostles, and he didn't even get to see all 12 guys either in one meeting. To be able to get a fully endorsed commission from the church leaders to go out with the gospel. Paul had said, look guys, no man taught me this. No counsel sent me out. I didn't even have the time to get the full-blown endorsement that you would expect is required of me. He's saying it all came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Lord sent me on this. So when I read this, it kind of leaves me with a question. Why then did Paul go to see Peter and James in Jerusalem if he did not need their endorsement? No, he did not need their endorsement, but Paul did need their fellowship. It's just like how I told you I would set my watch to the the station WWV, the atomic clock on 10 megahertz, because every now and then you've got to check in to make sure you're synchronized with what everybody else is. You got to, you have to sync yourself to the standard. And I'm sure that Paul's visit was not just about unity and fellowship. Maybe he even wanted to hear some details about the apostles' own experiences with Jesus, since they served under him for three years while Jesus was on earth. Paul wanted to know more. He visited Peter and James because even he understood no one guy can do ministry work all on their own. Friends, we have to fellowship with other believers in order to fulfill the calling that Jesus gives us. It's necessary. We all need the fellowship of others for support. We all need unity in the body of Christ. Galatians 1.21 Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. I'm so excited that the Judeans actually understood Paul. They understood what he meant. (laughs) By faith, they could see how real Paul was, and they received his preaching of the true gospel message. And so I would bet that Paul told the Galatians about the Judeans having received him. Hey, the Judeans accepted me, probably to try to get the Galatians to write to them to double check. Hey, this Paul guy, did he drop by? Is he for real? And the Judeans would answer, yeah, he dropped by him. Wow, he's a, he's a real thing. The gospel really did change him. You need to listen to him. So Paul's entire reason for writing Galatians 1 is to tell the people, the gospel that I preach is the real truth because it changes lives. It changed mine. And he said, I am not lying because here's my big one, two, three testimony to back it up. Plus, you can ask the Judeans to confirm it too. I did not get it from men. I got it from Jesus. And you can have it too, whether you're super bad or super good. 
whether you're super smart or super blind, whatever, (laughs) you can have eternal life also if you want it. But he said, just stop listening to the liars who preach a different message other than what we preach to you. If you listen to these liars, they will bring you nothing but trouble. You know, there's a saying that's going around that I picked up on recently. It goes like this. Everybody loves Jesus as long as you don't define him. As a bondservant of Christ, I don't please men, so I will say that Jesus is the only one who can deliver you from this present evil age. Just like Paul did, I have to define Jesus because you've got to know who he truly is. The gospel can only be revealed to you by Jesus. And where do I get this gospel from? I get it from the unchanging word that God himself has authored. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's not inspired by men. It's inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. That's where I get the gospel from that I teach you. I get it from the Word of God. You can open up your own Bible at home. You can follow along with me what I'm teaching, and it will agree with whatever you have on your bookshelf, as long as you are looking at the Word of God, because it's the same standard. So Paul had a hard time getting the Galatians to listen to the direct scripture that he preached. And that's why he gave his testimony as a validation to back up his message because it proves what he's saying is true. Let me show you what the Bible says about our testimony. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him, which is Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So, friend, here's a question that you need to have figured out by today. I want to ask you, what is your testimony? What is your big one, two, three? Number one, who you were. Who did you used to be? Number two, how did Jesus save you? And number three, how have you been ever since? That's your big one, two, three. Who you were, how Jesus saved you, and how you've been different ever since. You need to review your life and determine what your testimony is. You need to determine who you used to be, how Jesus saved you, and how you've been changed ever since, because you're going to need to have that testimony on hand, ready to go at a moment's notice when you encounter somebody that refuses to believe in the gospel message that you have bet your eternal destiny upon. Why should people listen to you? Why should they believe you? You give them Your testimony. The Bible says that that's how we overcome. So, Paul gave us his testimony, and I gave you a little bit of mine. So, I'm asking you the question what is your testimony? How can you expect people to see God glorified in you if you can't prove outwardly to them who Jesus is and what he's capable of doing? Also, I want to encourage you be ready to be transparent about your story. You know, the first time I ever gave a major sermon at a church, I wanted a big wooden pulpit that I could hide behind that you know that I could kind of cover up with. <laughs> but the pulpit I had available was this acrylic plastic whatever it was see-through. I had nowhere to hide. It was transparent. I couldn't go anywhere. Everybody could see every bit of me. You know, be transparent with your story. Paul was not too ashamed of the gospel to tell people all the big mistakes he had made. He told them, "Yes, I used to attack the church. I did it. I 
I did wrong. You got to be willing to tell people that, what you've done in the past that was wrong so that people can understand how the Lord changed you. Don't cover up your testimony so much that people cannot see God's power to change a sinful life. Don't block the view of God being glorified in you. Don't be so ashamed of your past. Don't be so ashamed and embarrassed of your mistakes, of your past sins, that you don't tell people what the Lord saved you from, how he transformed you into someone else. Your testimony is meant to show people who you were so that they can see the new you that Jesus brought you to. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And when you read all things, all means what? It means all. (laughs) It means everything. Paul proved his testimony how he was a new creation because, look, I'm not the same guy I used to be. But let's address Paul's main point, how to listen to the real gospel. So the question comes up, in a world full of lies, how can you tell who is telling you the true gospel message? Let me take you to 1 John 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. You know, demons don't like to talk about Jesus coming in flesh to die as a sacrifice on the cross. They will claim, oh, these demons will claim almost anything else except that. Now, I know several people that have tried to discredit the authority of the Bible. They, Well, the Bible, you can't really trust it. They use a lot of creative discussion that they say proves the Word of God is not trustworthy. But these people, here's, here's the Jesus test on them, the test the spirits. They will talk about any and everything. They'll talk about history and this council and that group and this guy and this war that happened, all these things to try to discredit the Word of God. But these people will not talk about Jesus Christ coming in the flesh, about Jesus Christ dying in the flesh on the cross to make the way of our salvation. These kind of people, they just refuse to touch that subject. Friends, test the spirits. Give them the Jesus test. Test the spirits, and you'll find out real quick where they stand. Well, I don't know the gospel, Ray. What do I do? Well, Paul gave us the 10-second gospel. He said, Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. So today I told you that Jesus has come in the flesh. I can pass that test. Jesus did die on the cross for us, okay? And I gave you my testimony. I also shared the gospel message with you. I gave you three levels for you to work to validate against each other. But the final element remains, has Jesus revealed this to you yet so that you can obliterate all those objecting arguments that you've held on to that kept you from following through and listening? If Jesus has revealed it to you to listen to what I'm teaching you from God's word, let me ask you this then, then have you responded yet by declaring Jesus Lord of your life? Or are you still trying to cling to your old life of sin? Can you see all the ways that the Lord is trying 
to draw you closer to him today. Lastly, if you have made Jesus your Lord, then have you been sharing your testimony and sharing the gospel message with other people, or have you backed away from the gospel because you'd rather please people? You're afraid of offending everybody. Well, what if they get mad? Now you'd rather please people than please God because God wants you to share the gospel message. Friends, this ministry that I'm in here, Set for Life Radio, it exists to help you with these kinds of issues. What do I do? What do I say? I gave you the gospel message today. That ought to help, right? But I want you to understand that you can't do it alone. You need to be in a body of believers. You can't reject the body of Christ when Hebrews 10 tells us that you should be assembling in a church and then try to go out and do this ministry work by yourself. It's not going to work. Even Paul knew he had to go to Jerusalem. You need fellowship. 1 John 1, seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Friends, it's, it's a good thing in fellowship. It, don't say that, well, my church comes from the radio. That's not church. You can listen to me on the radio. It is not church. Fellowship, being with other believers, physically with them in the same room, <laughs> that's fellowship. You got to get close to people and you got to communicate with them. That's fellowship. But, you know, Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And having fellowship with one another comes along with the result of being saved. You're going to want to be in fellowship. But aren't you glad that you don't have to try to be good enough to be saved? Aren't you glad that you can't be too bad to lose it? Paul did not want people to lose out on salvation by holding his past sins against him. Paul wanted them to listen. Listen to this gospel message I'm teaching you. Look at how the Lord God changed me. And friends, I want you to know that when you get saved by Jesus, he will not hold your past sins against you. That's why you can tell people your testimony, because it's not a shame for you anymore, because it's not held against you anymore. Hebrews 8.12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. The Lord said that to the Jews. And if you give your life to Jesus, you're grafted into that blessing. Isn't that good? You know, it's a lot easier to share your testimony knowing that your sins can't be used against you anymore. So friend, what is your big one, two, three? Who did you used to be? How did the Lord Jesus save you? And how have you been different ever since? You need to know your testimony so that you can help people to accept the validity of the message you're preaching to them, that Jesus saves and Jesus changes lives. Friends, let's stay synced together in a fellowship, and let's get out there with the gospel message and with our testimonies, and let's turn our culture back to Jesus Christ. Father, forgive me, I have sinned, and I thank you, Lord God, that you came for me when I wasn't even looking for you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for delivering me from this present evil age. I accept your free gift of salvation. I leave my old life behind. Take my life, Lord. I'm tired of it. Give me a new one. (laughs) Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.